Welcome back to That Rugby Podcast, joined by myself, Luke Bowden, co-host Alexander Hughes. How are we, mate? Good day, I'm very well, thanks. Um, you know, we had a great time on Friday night uh, broadcasting those two games. Both our teams got up, so both be pleased about that. Um, and both quite good close games as well. Yeah, it was a, it was a good Friday night, good... Uh, Good weekend of footy as well, I'd say. Um, I watched also watched the Chiefs and the Crusaders game, which mm. was an intense game of two top-of-the-table teams battling it out. So, yeah, I mean, uh, an interesting round, I guess. I feel like it was uh, one of those rounds where it was the top six got stronger. Bottom seven started to work themselves out. Bottom eight. Bottom yeah. Eight, Twelve teams, no. Bottom six worked themselves out. Um, so, yeah, uh, the the... The Canes obviously came out, bet the Brumbies. That game was going to be a statement game for whoever won that game as kind of a tip of the cap now that they've beaten, you know, two or beaten three on the table. Um, looking at it now, I think I don't think the Brumbies will be too disappointed with the way they played to lose by five, was it five points in the end, I believe. Um, I know it was a penalty at the end to get them there, but I don't think the Brumbies will be too disappointed. Mm. Uh, whereas the Canes will take the points, you know, you've got to play at home and win those games. Then later that night, the Tars beat the Highlanders, and which was an important win. Um, yes, I I feel like it was a I don't know how to say it. It was a well earned win, but they they really if, if, if the Waratahs had lost that game, they lost it. The Highlanders didn't win it. If yeah, you know what I mean, hundred percent. The Waratahs kept allowing the Highlanders to get back into that game through mistakes. Uh, Izzy Parisi even said. Yeah, he kind of came out today and said, "Look, we're on our game. We're unbeatable, but we don't. We're not getting the little things like execution right, and that's it. It's like the execution is just not there. Um, I think as well, forward pack depth is being severely tested at the moment, particularly front row, with a lot of injuries on that front. So, yeah, the front rowing and scrumming type of thing. I mean, Highlanders have got a fantastic front row as well. Let's not yep. make too bones about that. But the the Waratahs are definitely under strength at the moment." Um, and another in, important match uh, coming up this week for the Tars against the the Queensland Reds, um, which is another one that they'll have circled on the calendar as an important one and one that they need to put away. Totally, totally. Then the Blues did the impossible. They went to Fiji and won. We, we said it couldn't happen, um, but look, yep. Fiji, uh, they, they, let us, they let us down. They let themselves down. And no, no, they still they still put a good game against a very very good blue squad who I think are really starting to find their stride in this part of the season. Totally, totally hitting hitting the stride at the right time. Um, but yeah, again, still a good effort uh, mm. at home. Uh, just now that statement is null and void. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then the Rebels beat Moana Pacifica, and which was a closer affair than it probably yeah. should have been. The Rebels ran out to a big lead. Moana Pacifica slowly brought them back in. Uh, I think everything I spoke of in last podcast rang true. Uh, I think there was only just over a thousand fans watching yeah. the minor Pacifica, which is just a nightmare of your Super Rugby. Um, although it's not the biggest game, you know, um, the Melbourne Rebels, the fact that the Warriors were on the next day, uh, the minor Pacifica haven't been travelling that well. I think it all just bottled up into what we saw, and I. I I'm struggling to see a way back. The more and more and further and further we go, I'm struggling to see a way back. Um, yeah. For them. 
Oh, yeah, I can't really. It's going to take some some winning for them to get noticed, really, um, or some big name signings. Right? Put some money into the team and lure some big Pacific Island names away from rugby league. I think it's probably going to be what it's going to take because rugby league has been draining the Pacific Island talent, really. Um, you know, when you're looking at rugby league, what is it now? Forty percent of the players are Pacific Islander heritage, so that top level talent that could be playing rugby in the Pacific Islands, but there's just not the support for it. It's just, it's better for them to come to Australia and play rugby league. I think Moana Pacifica is maybe has struck too late as has come out too late. And yeah, they needs to, they need to lure some talent away from rugby just, league. I think it's the only way to do it. I think there's an identity crisis. Mm. I really do. Like the fact that they built out of Mount Smart, it's like half of their players came from the ITM cup. So it was pretty much a fifth New Zealand team, which New Zealand, or six New Zealand team, which New Zealand is struggling to support five, you know. So it's, to me, it was just, yeah, it's going to be interesting. going to be interesting in the next few years how they manage that, how New Zealand rugby manage that. Um, because I, can't, I can only imagine they're working at a loss. Like, if you're only getting mm. a 1,000 fans turning up, you have to be working at a loss. So Yeah, unless, you know, you've got huge merch and ourselves a huge streaming subscription additions. But even then, Hattie, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, it's not like, exactly. They're, they're, like, they're probably, I think the NZRU own part of it as well. So they're like, they're probably going to, you know, make make way to make the make bank. But it's, to yeah. me, it it's, can't be a positive sign. And yeah. then we had the game of the round, I reckon. Oh, well, I like the Canes and the Brumbies. But Chiefs versus Crusaders, the talent on show there was yeah. just incredible. Damien McKenzie firmly putting his hand up for. First five for the All Blacks after beating Richie Moanga now twice, um, so that's that's a big scalp and and he yes. played well doing it. Um, he had some moments, but that's that's what you get with D Mac. I think he he will have his moments of of hot and cold, and then but when he's hot, he's he's scintillating. If things hold up the way they are now, it's we're going to get in the first round of the finals: Blues versus Crusaders, which is <laughs> which is crazy, which is crazy to see, and if we. Uh, yeah, it's I just I, I can't believe that. And then it'll be likely one of those two versus the winner of Brumbies uh, versus, uh, one of those two versus the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy to think about. Crazy. Yeah, you're not wrong. Well, that could be an interesting, interesting little tale. You could end up on the right side of the draw and not have to play either of those teams until the grand final. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Blues and the Hurricanes right now, you want to sit exactly where you are. I'll be perfectly honest. You want to stay in two and three. Blues or Brumbies. Brumbies and the Hurricanes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Brumbies and Hurricanes. Sorry. If you're the Brumbies and Hurricanes, you want to stay exactly where you are right now. Because first first match of the um, first match of the finals, right? Hurricanes have got the Reds at the moment. Yeah. They're not beating. The Reds aren't beating the Hurricanes. And the Brumbies have got the Waratahs. Now, that might give them... A little bit of nervousness, the Brumbies, considering how close the Warriors have come, but they've got a quite a win streak, so they'll probably take that one. Then you're versing each other again, and it, this was a five-point game. Like neither team's going to be sitting comfortable, but still, you're not having to face in the before the grand final. Either of those teams are not having to face the Chiefs, the Blues, or the Crusaders before the grand final. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it, then it's a grand final, and anything can happen. Anything. anything can happen. Someone can get final. red carded. Someone can tear an ACL on the field. Like anything can happen once you're in the game itself. So just getting to the game, you've got a easier path. Yeah, that is mental to think about. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Reds round us out by beating the Force, yeah. um, showing that they can beat Australian teams at least. But which I which I, which I called. I said yeah. that this would be the one that they would get. 
Um, but saying all of this, it was a, probably another little disappointing round for crowds other than the Chiefs versus Crusaders game, which was a sellout. Now, what what is happening, and it's clear to see, is teams don't care about teams across the ditch. So we saw Brumbies who were sitting second versus the Hurricanes who were sitting third or fourth at the time, and not many packed out into the Westpac Stadium. And then very yeah. similar with uh, Allianz, you had Waratahs and Highlanders. I know two teams lower down the table, but a good chance for the Tars to get a win and, and probably not the biggest crowd again. So you take that and you go, it'll be interesting to see how they turn out for the Reds versus Waratahs this weekend. Um, where is it being played? Reds versus Waratahs at Suncorp. Is it not Magic Ground? Oh, you're right. It is Magic Round so is this weekend. So where Townsville? where is that happening? That's a good good it question. Must be Townsville because they're playing Super W in Townsville. Yeah. Well, well, it would be helpful if Google contained any information, but it doesn't. Again, Super Rugby, get your <laughs> shit onto that. Uh, yeah, Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Townsville. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. See, I was just just thinking actually, Magic Round. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what crowd turns out. Probably a little bit disappointed in Townsville, but. Yeah. You know, I feel like Derby's just seem to be getting the better of the games and it's making it a more of a stronger argument of why don't we just split until it's necessary, if you know what I mean. That's like, some really poor planning. You know, to have the Reds hosting the Waratahs in the one week that you can't use Suncorp, basically. But you can't use Suncorp on any day. That's really poor planning, in my opinion. It is, right? definitely. And it, it, like, why would you not just have it in Sydney and Allianz and you'd be guaranteed to get a much better crowd? Yeah. That's that's yeah. really poor. Um, yeah, look, it's it, yeah, crowd numbers are very disappointing, and I think you're right. There's, I just don't think that there's that many New Zealand rugby fans here in Australia. I don't think there's that many Australian rugby fans over in New Zealand, right? You're going to have some people there, but not that many. I mean, it is almost worth a look at going back to a, a conference system where you only play teams within the conference during the year. I mean, I think that's a, probably a better quality rugby as well, more evenly matched teams. Um, play everyone within your conference twice, right? And then you have finals. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And you have top two teams from New Zealand, top two teams from Australia, and then you have um, uh, the – no, I would say probably have here's, – here's a spicy way to do it, right? Top, top three teams in Australia, top three teams in New Zealand, then you have wildcard playoffs for the last two spots – with the oh, yeah. bottom two bottom two teams in each uh in each conference. Yeah. Right? That could work. So or you have or maybe the yeah, you know not, not the bottom not the bottom two teams, sorry, but the and uh, the next two teams, so fourth and fifth, right? So yeah. then the bottom team, you definitely cut miss out in finals, you don't get into it. Then you have wildcard play in. So like this year would be like say Force and Rebels. If the Force and Rebels play and one of those two get in, and then you have say in New Zealand this year it would be uh, the uh, would be of all teams the Crusaders and the Highlanders yeah. <laughs> playing for that for that last spot, right? And then you get in there and you've got four um, four teams, and then uh, that way at least one Australian team is hosting a finals match for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do like the top Australian team, top New Zealand team each play uh, a wild card team. Then you have the twos. Um, playing the threes in the conference. Yeah. And then there you go. I like it. I would I would just make it a six six man finals. Yeah. So you go three, one, two, three, one, two, three. 
So you have the two conferences, uh, and then six and five playoffs. So the two freeze playoff, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then then one and two playoff in each conference, and the winners of those go through. So on, so forth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I get what you mean. So you have the buy round. So one versus two, yep. one goes straight through to like the semi final. The yep. loser plays the winner of the that, the. Yeah. We've got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could work. It'd be a yeah some some magic to make it work, but you could make it work. Yeah. Uh what what I yeah I just think the fact that yeah you play everyone twice, and you do in your conference. <laughs> Then, if you wanted to, you could make it across so that you still have cross-code games. Let's say you have three, just so we get a full season because ten weeks mm. isn't isn't long. So you just say, let's say you play three games across Tasman, but again, you're, it's only in your conference. That that way, I would say one of those games is super round, so you play cross mm. cross conference and super round, and then you have like two more rounds where you play cross cross conference. Other than that, I think you just leave it like that. And then yeah. it works better. There's more derbies. There's less of this, you know, like unsureness. And then, you know, are we going to make it? Who's going to make it? Is what what teams are making it? And just, I guess, more more fans turning up to the rugby. And, and I would I would actually say instead of having three cross conference rounds, you have two cross conference rounds: one in Australia, one in New Zealand. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. So like two two super rounds basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're specific cross conference rounds. That's a good exactly. idea. great idea. Yeah. Okay, well, get us on board. Um, I did. I did just want to mention this because Jeff Wilson mentioned it, and he said he reckons it's the end of the Crusaders dynasty after they've lost. Wow. To the Chiefs. Now I think that's a load of shit. Yeah. Because to be honest, watch the Crusaders go and win this tournament from here. They were not far off beating the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense is incredible. Like what the Chiefs did in that first half was just yeah. incredible. It was a brick wall. So. Look, the Chiefs are far and away the favourite team to win this tournament now. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. You beat the Crusaders twice in a season. You're pretty damn close to um, being being the favourites for a reason. Uh, there are obviously, like we've said though, they're, they're, it's a it's a journey to the finals, and their journey, funnily enough, could be having to beat the Highlanders or beat one of those. Like, let's say the Jura sneak themselves in. Like, nothing, not an easy game, a physical yeah. game. Then you've got over the Crusaders Blues where it stands at the moment, which is never easy. Then you've got to beat the Canes or the Brumbies if, if they all go through as well. So it's a, a lot can go on before now and the end of the season, I guess. 100%. And it's good, yeah, making finals, the ramp up to finals, even just that much more interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting keen for the, the finals to come around to see who actually is going to finish in the, you know, bottom half of the eight, really. You know, are the Reds able to hold on to their position here because they're, they're five competition points above ninth place, which is the rebels, right? So they, they've got some breathing room, not a whole lot, but they have some room for a little bit of error the rest yeah. of the way through. And Fiji have now proven that they can be beaten in Fiji. So, so nothing's, nothing's given now. And uh, Fiji is technically an Australian team based on the conference system and things like that. So yeah. It's all on. Um, talking about finals. Semi-finals happened last uh, weekend in Super W of your company, yeah, and your girls blew a good lead. What yeah. it's a, yeah, what a great comeback by the uh, the Fijian Durana. I don't, I'm not no, quite Fijiana sure how to Fijiana Dura. Fijiana Dura. Yeah. yeah, I knew there was an Ana in there somewhere, yeah. uh, probably in one of the teams. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, the, the Tars girls were leading by a double-digit lead at one point, and uh, the Fijiana Dura just. I mean, they won the competition last year, and I think they showed why. Like, they have had a quiet season, but they've turned it on at the right time, much like the Fiji Dura themselves might be able to do as well. So, 
Uh, yeah, exciting. Reds hosting the the Dura for the finals now. Yeah, in Townsville. So that'll be, I think, the uh, warm-up game to mm. the um, men's game up there, which will be awesome. So it would have been good if your Waratahs had one because that would have been a bit of a, a hype train. Talking yep. about hype trains, the uh, Six Nations Women's League, uh, France versus England, just broke the record crowd that we had here in New Zealand when New Zealand hosted the Rugby World Cup uh, for the females with... 58,000, just over 58,000 people turning up That's amazing. for a game, which is awesome. This is, yeah, like women's rugby is clearly on the growth worldwide. Um, and I think it's a good time for them to be on a growth. Like, yeah, the way you look at the game at the moment, especially the men's game, we're talking mm-hmm. about all these rule changes, the t- hip tackle height, the safety. So the growth of the women's game now is coming in at the right time where they don't have to worry so much about, you know, these concussions and laws and, oh, the game's gone soft because we're already starting to make these decisions. So mm-hmm. it's just at the right time, I think, starting to peak. And uh, I think the next year, five to ten years, is going to be really good for, for women's rugby. Well, I guess um, – well, I know this is not the right um, point on the run sheet to talk about it, but you're sort of leading me into it here in terms of growth of women's rugby. But I think growth in rugby is – surprisingly something that's being talked about at the moment. Uh, so last week, uh, Australian rugby held its AGM and some very positive statistics came out of those. Notably, the biggest one is that there was a surplus of $8.2 million, which after a f- for the, it's the first surplus it's had in four years, which is pretty incredible. And as well, if you consider two years ago, it ran at a $27.1 million deficit. So that's a pretty, pretty impressive to be able to, I've turned things around. And so shout outs to rugby Australian chair Hamish McLennan for that. Although I think I agree with some posts I've seen on some rugby socials where it's time to just, you know, button up, you know, uh, you've, you've, you've made some hits, you've done some things the right way. Just, just leave it there. Now your results are speaking for themselves. Uh, other key statistics. And this is the biggest one. I think that, that I'm taking out of this is that, um, school clubs and events, um, the schools showed the largest growth of participation, um, a 40% increase in participation in 2022 compared to 2021 of school by rugby. That is huge. Another key one, Rugby Australia's Get Into Rugby program for five to eight-year-olds saw a 20% increase in participation, and female participation in club rugby grew by 9%. Rugby sevens also grew substantially, 36% in schools, 32% in clubs. Obviously, due to this relative success of the Aussie sevens. Uh, and another really big statistic, the second year of Rugby Australia's partnership with nine entertainment companies saw a 21% increase on average audience for the six home Wallabies tests with a 58% increase in stand sport viewership across the England series. And for me, Rugby Australia's social channels saw a 32% increase in followers with over 330,000 new fans while engagement on these channels grew by 264%. So the numbers are there. We're starting to build up the numbers for these things. Let's start putting a little bit more effort into the socials now. Like you're getting more followers, you're getting uh, more engagements. Let's make them worthwhile. Let's make people stick around, right? It's all good getting these numbers boosted up, but a term you'll hear quite often is stickiness. Like how sticky are these audiences? Are they going to stick around for the next couple of years? Are they going to stick around during this year, 2023? And that's what they need to really uh, make sure they can do. Now, uh, Rugby Australia CEO uh, Andy Marinos has stepped down, uh, and I'm not sure if they've 
announced his replacement yet or not. But I've that seen is, it. I don't think they have, but yeah. Yeah, uh, but he is he's stepped down um, after a successful stint, I think, and I think there's nothing, no acrimony or anything like that. He's just uh, stepped just down and to move on. That's what he said. Time to move on. And Rugby Australia has begun a recruitment process. It says so. Yeah, look, he's just stepped away. He's done his done his job right and i think a lot of this current rugby australia board and management can say they've done their job because they came in sort of rescue rugby from its depths and we could see that there has been a growth there the numbers bear it out as well um and yeah it's just very very well done to everyone involved in um rugby australia because that is truly bringing things back from the brink Totally, yeah. And I mean, I, I only see numbers going higher again this year if Eddie Jones can, you know, wave his magic wand. You've got a Rugby World Cup year, so if you have a successful campaign, even if you don't bring it home, uh, a final or a semi-final appearance where you put on a good effort, you're, you're just going to gain a more interest. So I think, yeah, uh, exciting times for Australian rugby. And uh, Eddie Jones has already started the uh, war of words, uh, words between the All Blacks and the Wallabies at the G, trying to get the G mm. full for a Bledisloe game, um, and said that, you know, they don't just make supermen across the ditch. The Tasman doesn't just, you know, generate supermen. So he's hopeful his Wallabies can turn on a Superman-like performance. Let's hope so. They play the All Blacks. But, yes, very good for, for rugby in general. Like I say, a, a, a strong Wallabies team is good for rugby. And yep. whatever's good for rugby, I am down Four, uh, talking about Australia's biggest rivals, the All Blacks. Uh, Damien McKenzie, a man we've already mentioned on this podcast, has re-signed, mm-hmm. which is great news for New Zealand rugby. Only to 2025, but he is the incumbent now, I would say. Mm. So I imagine he'll go to this World Cup, he has to, but how big of a role he plays will be decided by Ian Foster. Yeah. Um, and then from there, with Barrett and Moanga moving... Uh, you would think he is the number one man in charge. He's, it sounds like he's sort of betting on himself that he'll be able to get bigger numbers for his next contract to herd him into the 2027 World Cup. 100%. Well, if he if he plays well, let's say he d- doesn't feature this much at this World Cup, but is playing well for the next two years and in 2025, mm-hmm. it is, he's the first choice. He's going to be able to go ka-ching, ka-ching. I am the yep. first choice, first five. Talking about All Blacks heading overseas, though, it was really interesting to read an article on Ian Foster and his thought. I've called it the Barrett Law. I'm going to keep yeah. calling it that, which is the version of the ghetto law because I think if they're going to change it for anyone, it's going to be Bowden Barrett. But yeah. players going overseas and then wanting to play for the All Blacks. Now, it was really interesting in the article he said, look, for the All Blacks rugby and for New Zealand at the top level, it would be great. The depth would be great. would be able to mm. pick players. It would be perfect for the All Blacks. He said for New Zealand rugby in general, he thinks it would be a shot in the heart and just could end New Zealand rugby basically was as deep as he went. So mm. it was really interesting to hear that. And I guess, look, I don't think there's ever a perfect world of how you manage this, um, but I still think there's uh, an opportunity. Like I think at some point down the line, New Zealand rugby is going to be put in a place where a kid's going to be offered two, three million dollars a year to go over and play France rugby, and he's at his peak, twenty four, twenty five, just mm. one of the best All Blacks in the world. And to say no to that money when you're getting a third or seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, 
it's it's just not going to happen. I think it's gonna it's gonna eventually that players are gonna go that direction. So yeah, I'm hoping they're coming up with something in the back of their heads because it's like one of those things you know like Blockbuster and Netflix where you can laugh at them now and go that'll never happen as Blockbuster did when Netflix said we'll come and make a deal with you. And now, look who's laughing. So yeah. uh, it's one of those ones you don't want to be caught out by. 100%. Uh, there was also European Championship Rugby overnight um, with Leinster beating Toulouse. So the Irish getting another one over the French in Ireland. But the other French team, La Rochelle, uh, Will Skelton's team getting a big W over Exeter to make it into the final. So it's a another... Final, exactly the same final teams as last year, which is kind of cool. Um, and if you remember, Lens, not Leinster, sorry, um, La Rochelle had the uh, massive parade after they won it. So yeah. I'm backing them purely because of that. And because the Irish have become too good and they've won too much already this year. Yeah, uh, that's your usual line of reasoning. <laughs> yeah. Norm- no, well, normally I'm against the French, but. For this one time, I'm on the French side. Okay. Well, no, you need to, no, so your usual reasoning is if someone's too good, you've got to root against them. Yeah. Which That's, honestly, I respect. It's yeah. a, it's at least it's consistent. Yeah. I, there's, there's sometimes I do change that though, and the only time is when I think history is about to be made. So mm. someone like LeBron James is too good. Yeah. But I love seeing history, so I'll, I'll follow that. That's fair. Like, if you're going to make history, so like, say Ireland does knock the All Blacks out of the World Cup, as much as it hurt me to say, mm. um, I want them to go on to win it so I can see history, yeah. you know? Um, and I'd hope that it would maybe just stop the Aussies from winning it as well. So, Or that would be tough. That my so my, my anti-French stance so much now, I would have to have a tough decision if it was a France versus Australia final. Mm. You'd have to root for Australia, I think, simply because you live here. If you rooted for, it would be probably the end of the podcast if you rooted for France in that one. I don't know if I could watch that final. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking how sick it would make me feel. If you rooted for France and France won, I would, I would quit the podcast. I, I couldn't work with you again. I, I just couldn't do it. I just could. Yeah, I, I couldn't sit here. I think any other team I could get on. I'd rather you not watch it at all. I'd rather you not watch it and just step out and recuse recuse yourself from from watching it than to actively support the French against the Australians. Yeah, I'd have to do that because I couldn't support the French. I'm just thinking about it now and it just makes me feel sick. You can support the Aussies for that. Funnily enough, I did see uh, an old reel popped up of us on my timeline and it was of us talking about how for the French were the favourites. would have been about this time last year. Um, talking about how the French might be favourites going into the World Cup at home and all this, righty, righty, rah. And I'm like, well, they're, they're still up there as favourites, but how times have changed that I was talking to them in such a positive light that yeah. now I want them to be, end up in dismay. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's it. That's all we have. It was it was, it was good to get back out of the buys, I must yeah. say, in Super Rugby. But obviously, we when you cover two games fully from start to finish... Um, yeah. You've covered a lot of rugby over there. So, yeah, we'll keep yeah. you up to date with news going forward. Um, and I'm getting more and more excited with international rugby coming around the corner, the World Cup yes. at the end of the year, uh, and all of that good stuff.
Get into prime rugby season right now. It is. It is. Uh, did I hear that you're making a return to the field, my friend? Yeah, I'm playing my one game of the year for Knox Old Boys this weekend against Barker Old Boys. What uh, position will be? Will you be packing down that? Uh, look, when you <sighs> rugby's really positionless these days, you know, it's just about <laughs> uh, it's about your position on the field and putting yourself in a position to make plays rather I than see. anything that's scribbled down on a piece of paper, you know. So, uh, playmaker X factor, I think, will be the will be what I'd say. Yeah. If right out, yeah, nice. <laughs> Equal less than equal rights, mate. Uh, <laughs> excellent. Well, I'll, I'm going to make sure I get that game downloaded and I'll put all of your highlights on our uh, Oh, no, please Instagram don't. It'll be absolutely page. shocking. <laughs> I just want to see... I don't, even know, I don't even know if they've streamed that game. I hope not. I hope they do. I'm, I'm going to find it. Uh, it'll be a poor, side-by-side poor comparison stuff. of us playing at the same time. No, it'll be so <laughs> poor. Look, I've, I've never been a skill player. I'll say that much. Just chucking a goosey the one time you get the ball, a little goosey yeah. and a sidestep, show those mm-hmm. twinkle feet. Little and chip and chase over the top. I'd back that. If you pull that out, son, I will <laughs> I will put that all over our socials, my friend. Yeah, I don't doubt it. <laughs> that would be golden. Yeah. All right. Look, well, look depending on what the scoreline is, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, if you've got nothing to lose, you've got to go for it. Yeah. I want to see a match-winning dive in the corner try after a chip and chase. <laughs> oh, God. This is assuming that I'll get my hands on the ball at all. Yeah. I, even yeah. if, hey, how about a Matt Dunning drop goal? How about a Matt Dunning drop goal? Why no, not? I think, yeah, I think that'll that would definitely not happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be you'd be the board would be. My radar's so poor. I've got sonar. That's how my radar is. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we'll keep you updated on Hughesy's big game this weekend. Mm. For now, thank you for joining us on that rugby podcast. We will see you later. Goodbye. Peace.